Welcome to the Dance Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gimmage, and today joining me is Mr. Greg Acuna. He lives in India and does some really special work in the social emotional learning space, helping people to act more kindly at school with collaboration and communication um, to really inspire kindness and unite the world. And before we get into our conversation, of course, I have to let you know that now is the time to subscribe to the Dash Podcast. And you can also go to TreyGamers.com to order your copy of Every Decision Counts, Eight Lessons I Wish They Taught Me in School. It's available on TreyGamers.com, also on other platforms. And you can uh, buy for your child, you can buy for your class, it can be an intervention tool. So check that out. And that would be a good time. So without further ado, Mr. Greg, thank you so much for joining me. We've got a 10 and a half hour difference. So uh, thank you for staying up late with me in having this conversation. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Trey. No problem. So you've been in India for 18 years and you've kind of um, Chicago to LA to India. And you said you're a writer. How did you kind of get started as a writer? I know you've came a long way since you first moved to India, but I see the work that you're doing now with SEL and Acting Kindly at School, working with middle school students, um, at least the age group over here. How did you get into this business, this industry, um, and come all the way to the place you're at now? Well, it's been a long journey. I'm 57 now. When I was a kid, from the age of eight until I was 19, I wanted to be a politician. And uh, when my first year at university, I went to the University of Southern California, uh, I traveled with a presidential candidate, and I became very disillusioned with American politics. Mm. And uh, at that point, I had always been a dreamer. I always wanted to do something to make a difference, to try to change the world, and I realized politics wasn't it. So I decided to become a writer. Uh, so I started out uh, my master's degrees in writing theater. So I was a theater writer. I did some film film writing. And back in 2001, I was trying my hand at my first novel. Uh, I was looking for some place to sit by the beach and write it. And I'd been all over India, but I'd never been to Goa, which is the smallest state of India on the West Coast. And I came here, and it was a interesting combination of serenity and total insanity, uh, Goa when I first came. And that appealed to me. And um, I got married here. I have a 17-year-old daughter, 17-year-olds now. And uh, years ago, somebody uh, from the Indian animation industry approached me about uh, directing a, an animation TV show. And that was a very big project called Earthlings, which only made it to a pilot episode. It, the the project crashed and burned in the 2008 uh, mm. meltdown. And uh, about five years ago, I pulled my daughter out of school and started unschooling her. And while I was in the middle of really studying education, I started thinking about the old project and decided to go back at it from a game standpoint, because games are an incredibly powerful part of our lives. Uh, whether or not you're a little kid or an adult, you know, they've influenced us all of our lives. And as I got into it, I realized that, you know, we could really use games to change the world. And that's how the Planet Earthlings project got started. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. And I did see, you know, in your video, your promotion, you talk a lot about Planet Earthlings and planetearthlings.com to check out some more. 
Um, can you talk some about what, what you're doing with Planet Earthlings and how games are helping the unlearn school, like unpack, unpack a piece of that, Un, unlearning, unteaching your daughter's school, Planet Earthlings, um, and how that is equating to, I guess, a, what, what does that equate to? Well, the thing is, is that, you know, I, I played with computers when I was a little boy. I made a, most of my money is actually uh, doing some consulting work in the computer industry. So I've always been very into tech. And in the very early stages of the internet, um, 20, about 22 years ago, as I saw it, just saw what the tech was there doing. For me, I had this vision that if you created a platform where young people could help each other learn and could create things together, whether or not it was art or video or computer programs or games, that that could change the world. That when young people all over the world started working together cooperatively and collaboratively, that you know when they grow up, they're going to see the world differently because they'll have deep friendships all over. Mm -hmm. And um, so, like I said, we you know about 12, 13 years ago, we tried that initially as um, because I come have a big media background. We tried a TV show. But the idea was always to have a, a virtual world where kids would play a game that would be about cooperation and collaboration. Mm. And when that project failed, it was a that very hard time, uh, kind of put it all in the back burner. And when I got into unschooling, uh, which for me, I have a fairly simple idea of unschooling with my daughter. Uh, I, I believe that unschooling for me is to teach a child to be passionate about anything they're interested in and then teach them how to learn on their own and then leave them alone to do anything they want. And it scares a lot of people, but people who meet my daughter, you know, realize there's something to it because for me, the most important thing to learn when you're young is to love learning. Mm -hmm. If you love learning, when it comes time that you need to do anything, with the internet, with YouTube, with online uh, platforms like Coursera or Udemy, you can learn anything. And uh, so that kind of got me into this, back into the, the, the project that became Planet Earthlings. And Planet Earthlings was formed to create games that can change the world. Uh, and initially, we, you know, I really wanted to build a, the, the original project, which is now called Zarbel. And it's, we've built a prototype of an interactive game where young people can go in, side the game, and they can study together by helping each other. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I first started, I wasn't making any progress. I'd been almost a year into the project, and I just, you know, I wasn't getting any interest in, from investors. You know, I was studying, you know, and, and trying to build stuff on my own, but it was really... Uh, very advanced uh, game project. So I wasn't making much progress. And one day I thought, I want to do something really simple because I wanted to build something that I could show people the idea of what games could do. And that led to the original Acting Kindly game, which was a printed card game. And, and the idea for the original game is it's a game played by all ages out in public. Mm -hmm. So you have a deck of cards and the cards have acts of kindness and silly things you can do to make people smile. 
and you go out in the middle of the city with a large group of people and you're in small teams and you draw a card and you're, you're doing fun stuff and you're interacting with people. And when we first went out and started playing the game, we we're like, oh my goodness, this is magical. I mean, half the time players would have tears in their eyes because they were interacting with strangers wow. in a totally different way. But what happened is I learned, I realized that it's a hard sell because it's not an easy game to play. You have to gather a group together. You have to go out in public. You have to overcome your fear of interacting with strangers. So I thought my original intention was to do things with kids. So I went back and I re repurposed the game for acting kindly at school, which had a lot of advantages. It's very simple to play. You can set the whole game up in like five minutes. Uh, it's played, it's a totally cooperative game. Mm -hmm. So everybody playing is on one team, but they're in pairs and they're, you set up a score. So at the beginning of the game, you say, okay, we're going to play to 200 points, but every pair is scoring for everybody. So everybody is working together. And within the game, uh, we're doing a few very special things that uh, for me, as we've played tested and now we've, you know, schools are playing it, we're seeing that uh, very, uh, something very special happens. And the thing that happens is number one, the cards are in eight categories. We have like things like kindness, greetings, create where like you're doing something for somebody, uh, quests where you're getting other people involved in doing something. And all of these eight categories very quickly in a super fun way, take kids through a wide variety of emotional experiences. That combined with what the early research I, I had done and then what we've seen in the playtesting is that when you perform an act of kindness or something silly in public with somebody else, it's mm. an amazing bonding experience. And then the, the last two tricks of the game are number one, there's a switch partners card, uh, switch teams card. So if you're in a pair and suddenly you draw the, the green card, you have to switch who you're playing with. Okay. okay. So we make it so that the kids aren't always playing with their best friends. Mm -hmm. they're, they're changing partners. So that plus the fact that at the end of the game, everybody wins. Because when you get to the final score, it's for everybody. So everybody's won the game. There are no losers. All of these things together, we've seen amazing things. We've seen kids being really mean to each other at the beginning of a game who are hugging each other at the end of a game. Okay. They're learning how to play together. They say that's one of the best ways for young people to learn is you learn through that play and interaction. And, and a lot of times I feel like, you know, I talk a lot about social and emotional learning, and, and obviously this game is that as well, but people don't like talking about soft skills or social skills or emotional things. So I think this is a cool, tangible way to um, get some of those skills and introduce those skills like problem solving and decision making and relationship management skills without having to be explicit and saying, hey, this is the skills we're working on. Let me do it this way. Yeah. And one of the things that when I, when we first went out to play test, what, you know, I, there, there were certain things that were surprising and there were certain things that shouldn't have been surprising, but initially were. The, the first thing that really was overwhelming is the kids wouldn't stop playing. Mm. They were having so much fun. They got to the score and they're like, no, Greg, we're going, we're going. And they were running around. 
And what I realized, even though it was part of my game development philosophy, that for me, a perfect educational game is a game where the player doesn't realize they're learning something, but they are. Yeah. So while they're playing, they're just having fun. But while they're playing, the feedback loop is, oh, I'm nice to people. They're nice to me. It really is nicer to be nice. And it is. I mean, it's a, it's a fact of life. You know, people are nice to each other. Every, you know, life is more enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's, a, that's a great point, Greg. That's a really good point. And I, and I know, so you've introduced this game in India. Um, what, what age groups have you found or what grade levels have you found have enjoyed um, the game the most? Well, it was funny. The first, the first school we went to play tested at, we had a, a, a range of kids from about six to 14. And it was very funny because again, I had no, I wasn't thinking about certain things. We were really trying it out. And what we found is the younger kids, the six and seven year olds, they loved the game. They were running around like crazy, having incredible amounts of fun. But we ran into two problems. Number one, they, they were having trouble reading the cards. So they were constantly running up and saying, Greg, Greg, what does it say? And I tell them what they say and they'd run off to do the deed. But also they wouldn't stay together with their partners. So, uh, so we set the, the, the lower age at eight. And later I plan on doing a, uh, a version of the deck that's going to be image only. So it'll just be images and then the kids can run around and figure out what, you know, what nice things they're supposed to do from the image. So that'll be for younger kids. But right now, uh, we say the core group for acting kindly at school is eight to 12. Okay. Now we've played, like I said, we've played with uh, 16 and 17 year olds. And um, strangely enough, one of the really nicest things that happened is there was a time where we were at a school and there were a few 16, 17 year olds. And about 10 days later, I happened to meet one of the kids from the school and they told me that they enjoyed the game so much that they downloaded the mobile version and they went out and played it in public. Mm. So, uh, so it can work for older kids. Um, I think that it, it's so much of this has to do with how the teachers frame it. Uh, for me, this is the game, you know, if, you know, if you're on like, if I go on like the Castle website, you know, for social emotional learning, you know, on their checklist of things that SEL teaches kids, more than one third of the things on the checklist happen in a single game of acting kindly. Wow. So, but it, for me, the game is best played where the teacher who leads it, you know, starts out, you have a discussion about kindness and all these different things. You play the game. Within the game, there is a plan. Uh, one of the categories is plan, where they actually get a point for planning to do something outside of school. So the teacher, I really, the, the best effort's going to be when the teachers, you know, give extra credit where the kids come back and say, oh, hey, I went to help the local charity or I did this or that. But also then have a decompression after the game mm-hmm. where uh, you talk about like, you know, what did you feel? How was it? You know, who did you connect with? You know, because the game really encourages uh, the kids to connect with everybody who's playing and people who aren't playing. The game is best played during breaks. It's not played inside, it's played running around school. So the kids who are playing are interacting with kids who aren't. And um, when you see the kids playing the game, 
it's just so heartwarming because the energy is just insane. They have so much fun. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I know you've, so you've piloted with your schools in India, correct? That's right. And I know you, do you have plans on expanding outside of India or even making your way over to the U.S. with the game? And if you yes. see yeah. the game or the culture translating um, amongst those barriers or culture. Yeah. Well, the, it's actually the other way around. In, in, when I first created the game, I was really, I was really creating it for the U.S. Okay. Um, so, you know, one of the problems we ran into, so we did a big event with the government of, of Goa. Uh, and the director of education, the IT minister came. We had uh, teachers from 70 schools came and I trained them. And during the meeting, I found out that in most of the government schools, the kids don't eat lunch at school. They, they, finish, they start early, they end early, they go home to eat. So, you know, again, there are, you know, I've been here 18 years, but there's still a lot of things that I don't know. And so I had to encourage them because you don't play it in the classroom. You know, we, you, you need to have the kids who are playing. The game works, really is uh, formed to work so that the kids who are playing are interacting a little bit amongst themselves, but they're acting with the other kids who aren't playing, uh, as well as teachers, school staff, administrators. It's all, all part of the game. So, yeah, so the, the thing is, is that we, we, kind of did a soft launch of the game uh, about a month ago in the US. So we had, I had some pretty bad problems with the printer uh, and there were some things that had to be fixed. So the, the game has now been shipped. Uh, it's in the US. We just released it on Amazon um, about 10 days ago, two okay. weeks ago. Uh, we haven't really started any marketing. I kind of decided that you know from Thanksgiving to Christmas, New Year's, everybody's too distracted. So uh, January, we're going to really launch it mm -hmm. and see if we can get, you know, what we need is to get some orders on Amazon, get some reviews. We do have, you know, we have a, a school in outside of Denver who's been playing it and a school in Iowa. Uh, and that the school in Iowa, the sister of that teacher is, is a therapist in Minnesota. And they've together have created a kindness curriculum and when you open up their kindness curriculum, the very first thing in it is my game. Okay. So we are, you know, the, for me, I'm excited about the U.S. because, you know, the people there realize that this is very important. Right. You, know, you, 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 say, you saw my TEDx talk. You know, one of the things that I think is most important is as we talk about these horrible problems like bullying and school violence, most of the discussion is what I call band-aid solution. You know, they're putting in metal detectors and security guards and they're punishing kids. You know, I'm hearing very little about how do you help kids understand that they're going to be happier if they're nice to each other. Mm -hmm. And that's what the game does. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. Well, shoot, Greg, I think you've covered so many bases of um, what it means to act kindly at school and a lot of the work that you're doing, where can people go to find this information or, or have some of these interactions with you and purchase your products? Yeah, well, the, uh, you know, there's tons of information. Our website is planetearthlings.org. Uh, if you put in .com, it'll go to org, so that's okay, too. Uh, people can uh, email me, just greg at planetearthlings.org. 
And now in the US, uh, acting kindly at school is available. We mostly sell it in a classroom pack, which is a beautiful sliding drawer box that has 15 decks in it for um, 30, 30 players can play at the same time. Uh, and that is all available on amazon.com now. So, and it, right now it's, we're, we're, we're put it on at half the uh, regular price just to get it started. So it's, um, it's not cheap, it's $100 right now, but it's, it, this is a game that if a school buys it or a teacher buys it, it can just go from classroom to classroom. Yeah. And uh, teachers, you know, the whole school can use it. I love it, I love it. Is there anything else, Greg, that you wanna share with the audience and our listeners now before we um, depart? No, well, again, I, I mentioned my, my TED Talk. Uh, it's a lot of my ideas about how we can use games for social change and especially in, in spreading kindness with kids is there. Uh, hope more people will watch that and uh, people will buy the game. I think that, you know, with the, with SEL taking off in the, U, uh, in the US, I think it's a great opportunity for the schools who are looking for something that fits the SEL curriculum. And I think it's just, I mean, their bullying and school violence are just out of control. And you know, if we're gonna, if you know, if we're gonna bring up our kids to be happy and healthy, we've got to do something to help them, you know, with those soft skills, like you said. Right. Well, and, and I'll, I'll ask this for for my final question: What are some of the biggest differences that you've seen in education between India and the United States? I I think I mean the the U.S. is you know in my you know, view has gotten more ex experimental with education. You know, what a lot of people don't realize is the education system that we have as a core in many places around the world is something that was created almost 200 years ago to create, to, to train factory workers. Mm. You know, everything is changing so fast that a kid who's in school right now, you have no idea what the professions are going to be when they get out. So that's what I said. If you, if you learn to love learning and you learn how to learn, you're, you're, you're future proof. So, you know, and, and in India, there's still a lot of rote learning. Uh, there's, there's some people doing some amazing things here. There's some really amazing educators here, but it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of work to be done everywhere, you know, changing with the times and, and getting kids to, to, really be able to enjoy education, enjoy learning, and, uh, and again, from teaching themselves, enjoying their teachers, and not, you know, for me, the whole bullying school violence thing is, you know, how can you learn if you're afraid to go to school? Yeah. And that's one of the problems that I really hope that we're going to help solve. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, it, that was great information all the way around. I want to know more about how to act kindly at school. And I've already been on the website, planetearthlings.com, and looking at kindly acting kindly at school. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us today. My pleasure, Trey. Really, really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And thank you for listening to the Dash Podcast. As always, we enjoy providing you with challenging, meaningful, significant conversations on how to bridge gaps in education. And once more, you can visit TreyGammons.com to purchase your copy of Every Decision Counts, Eight Lessons I Wish They Taught Me in School. 
We will see you next time. This is The Dabs.